filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. And I would just want to start this entire story with that. Uh, it's a good setup, guys. I, right. You, you know um, it's going to good places now. I got a notification on my USPS informed delivery that a package was coming from Cincinnati. And it's like, must be something my parents are sending me. I don't know what it is. And it gets here. Open it up. And it's a dress. And I pull it completely out of the the package. It's not it's it's not in any like original packaging. Uh, this is key because this means that my mom got it from somewhere, took it out of its original packaging, looked at it, and was like, "Looks good to me." Um, so I, I I look at it. It is a size four dress. Now my daughter is four years old, so she wears what is typically called 4T uh, clothes. This, however, is not that. This is a size for adult person's dress from Talbot's, which is, uh, I'll put it kindly, not known for their children's clothing. Yes, They're uh, instead known for is, uh, boomer clothing. Yes, this is a clothing store for adults. I've seen it. So she's just, you know... Getting, getting into your daughter some clothes uh, for yeah. way down the line. It's, it's a very future. early Christmas present for yeah. Christmas. You got to get in early. 2040. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I mean, there's and there's no way I will ever tell my mom about this. Like, it's just it's memory hold from here on out. I said, sure. I texted her, thank you for the dress, and we will never speak of this again. Now, I mean, what about when you see her? Is she going to ask to... to does my Maybe granddaughter enjoy my dress? Maybe cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> ben, ben, please, if you have to scramble and make up something on the spot the next time this does come up, please let us know what you came up with. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Maybe yeah. maybe it'll get... Um, for Christmas, my parents also got us a, um, a Power Wheel car. Okay. I think we talked about this. Power, power, power uh, Wheel. Uh, but uh, it's off-brand Power Wheel, and so the part, like some of the parts were bent, and we couldn't put circles. it together. So we had to get Jason. Yeah, that's what the brand has to be called, right? Uh, sure. Uh, so we had to get so a, mad at you, they Jason. Sent us, the, the warranty company just sent us a second Power Wheel, and so now we're just mixing and matching parts from the okay. two of them. So if my parents ever ask about the dress, maybe I'll just say, oh, no, the dress got trapped under the power wheel and both exploded and are completely destroyed. We, we used the dress to re- help reconstitute one working power wheels uh, car. It was out the, of, out of before they all exploded. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United, and we hope Ben's mom isn't listening podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined as always by Ben Brown. I don't think she knows what podcast. I think she knows what podcasts are, but I don't think she would be able to listen to one. All right. Uh, As always, I'm joined joined by son of the year, Ben Bromley, and our our other co pilot, Jason Anderson. We're all from. Runner up, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) We are all from Black and Red United, where things go very smoothly. Thank you very much. Uh, we talked about DC United, and that is what we're doing tonight. Uh, we have some roster news and rumors and almost news, I guess, soon to be news to talk about. Uh, almost certainly going to be news. Uh, and uh, we're going to figure out how all these pieces maybe fit together in the second segment. Before we do anything, though, son of the year runner up, what are you drinking? 
So I went to the grocery store a couple nights ago, and they had this wild English muffin sale where it was buy one and get two more packs for free. So, of course, I was like, I had no plans. I was not going to the store to get English muffins at all, but they put the thing in the aisle, and it worked. It worked on me specifically. It was like in my path, and I was like, that's a good deal. And so I came home with three packs of English muffins, which means I've got to figure out how to eat all these English muffins. So tonight Toast for dinner, them, put jelly on them. Well, so Done. tonight for dinner, I made butter breakfast sandwiches. Not for jelly. Um, so I made myself a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Threw some sriracha on there. I I made two, I should say. Um, so I'm eating. I'm doing my breakfast for dinner thing. Uh, but I was drinking a dinner drink. I was drinking seltzer, and I was like, "Well, I finished this breakfast, and I feel like my breakfast is incomplete because I didn't have like a coffee or a fruit juice or something." So. For the show, I am drinking uh, a a round of um, Van Gogh Double Espresso Vodka on the Rocks, which is the uh, the co- most coffeeest of vodkas um, that you can sip on. It's actually a really good – it's like the perfect thing that I needed after having this breakfast sandwich dinner, other than like actually having coffee with it. But, you know, a cup of coffee at that hour would have been silly. I feel like this was fate for you because I know how much you like that coffee vodka. So mm-hmm. – a lot of happy. I'm, I'm happy it worked out on. for you. Yeah, I just have 16 more English muffins to eat before they go bad. <laughs> I love English muffins. Um, and so I might so come I'm, to your house. I'm really and happy give for you, you. A couple English muffins. Yeah, do it. I'll take them. <laughs> May, I'll, I'll have some some sausage fried up for you or something to to throw on there. Perfect. We'll do breakfast sandwiches. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> all are so adorable. <laughs> uh, I my my wife put in a drizzly order today and ordered. Um, some beers that reminded us of our trip almost two years ago to Austria. And we, we stopped in Salzburg during that. And so she ordered some Stiegel gold, which is uh, the oldest. Or, no. Uh, anyway. Yeah. From, from Salzburg Stiegel famous for their steps. We, we ate dinner at their brewery restaurant. It was great. Um, there was much beer consumed so much lager. It's wonderful. Ben, what are you drinking? So I had to go to the gas station this evening after my daughter went to bed because uh, our car had zero amounts of gas still in it. So just wanted to prep ourselves for tomorrow. And when I go to a gas station, especially right before a filibuster episode, sometimes I just like to buy some terrible things to punish my body. I knew where this was going as soon as you said gas station. So I have one of uh, Michael's Harder Lemonades. I'm showing okay. it to the gentleman. Uh, it's I like not that you Mike, call Mike's, him by his Mike's... full first name. I like that he's yes, Michael. Michael. It's not yeah. Mike's, it's Michael. Is Michael, this a... Michael, Michael and I are on a, on a respectful uh, level. We have a respectful ben, relationship. Is this a, a tall boy? I, I can't mean, tell the cans. It looks like it is it like a can, Red Bull can that's small that's thinner? Yeah, what, no. what can? Okay. So it's a tall boy. 16, 16 ounces. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's a tall boy. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Not one of the huge ones, not like one of the it's not a 40. How but, how right, is like that they sell those 24 ounce cans. I've seen those right. from time to time. Yeah. How the, the tallest boy. How is Miguel's Mas Grande or more hard? I don't know. How is Mike's Michael. <laughs> Michael. His name is Michael, Adam. I mean, it says Mike right there. So it's if we're just... Michael Lemonade is his full name. <laughs> How is Mr. Lemonade's harder product? That sounds terrible. Don't use that. I mean, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. You really... Uh... I don't know where we can go from here after that. I think we got to go to soccer. We're not even going to get the answer to the question because yeah, no, I go. don't deserve it. Uh, players reported for... Uh... Reported Monday of this week for voluntary workouts as they uh, do their required seven-day pre-season quarantine. Uh, I guess they're allowed to meet up and get tested and do workouts, but the coaching staff can't get involved until next week for most MLS teams, including DC United. But we have players showing up to Audi Field to get tested and lift weights, and I don't know what else they're doing. They're not showing videos of that. But we know that they're there, several of them. Uh, and and that's exciting. Preseason begins in earnest next week, uh, which is exciting. We'll have we'll have we're getting closer to 
real soccer games being played again and this new era of of DC United properly kicking off in a very literal sense. Uh, it seems like more and more names are being connected with United as we get closer to camp. Most recently, a uh, familiar name being thrown around, Stephen Goff reporting that Lucas Rodriguez could be returning to DC United from Estudiantes. TT was on loan here um, during 2019. Uh, scored the only playoff goal and very late against Toronto before everything fell apart in that game. I just remembered that. That was bad. I shouldn't remember that. Um, anyway, TT might be coming back from Estudiantes. Whether on loan or on purchase, nobody knows yet, but we all like TT. TT's good. Sure. Uh, it's a move that I did not expect. Um, yeah, it came just... out of nowhere, too. Right. Um, and, and he, to the best of my knowledge has been playing, I'm trying to look up, you know, season data for 2021, uh, in Argentina, but, um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure what the, the situation is that allowed him to maybe not be in their plans anymore, because it seemed like when he went back, they were like, great, he's back. Um, they would have taken the transfer fee, but they were also like, cool, this is good. He's he was, you know, if you remember back to right before he finished his time in D.C., uh, like a month before that ended, he had been called up for the uh, Argentine under-23 national team. Um, so he was in the Argentina Olympic picture at the time, um, or the equivalent. I mean, obviously not the real. I think they were planning for the future Olympic tournament that ended up not coming about. Um, but, but anyway, it, I mean, it's, a, it's camps are happening now. Sure. Or, or, um, or being called the up time, now for think, the rescheduled. Just, yeah, I, I think at the time it was a like, let's figure out who maybe isn't on the obvious radar for uh, us because it was them and um, Tati Castellanos from NYCFC was also called in for that one. Um, so that's a pretty prestigious camp to get called into. And I can't imagine that in the one year that passed that he suddenly fell off a cliff or anything. Um, I I don't know that he is exactly what DC needs because I keep looking at central midfield and right wing back and thinking, boy, we are in deep trouble if like one person gets hurt. Um, But on the other hand, this is a team that did badly last year. So adding another talented player, a guy that was, uh, if I'm, if memory serves, I think he was a TAM player while he was here Um, or or maybe in that. Actually been a young DP when he was here. Um, but yeah, you know, a player of that, you know, that caliber uh, coming in, this team did not score enough. I, I, I don't think the roster problem was talent. We've gone over that a bunch on the show, um, but I'm not against adding more talent. I, I will say, though, that um, it does feel a little bit like there's a little uncertainty in the market, and this is more of a known quantity. Um I also feel like we're going to get to one of the other news items coming up, but I feel like this is a move that points to a bigger move for Nigel or Bertha is probably off the table or more likely than not off the table, just from the amount of players where we've got to talk about in this segment. So I I'm fine with it. I don't know exactly what his role is going to be though. It looks like TT played about a thousand minutes across all competitions uh, since he left DC United and went back to, uh Argentina looks like seven starts in the league and about or seven appearances in the league and about nine appearances in the in the cup so that's down for he in his one season with DC United he played about uh 3,000 minutes right it was also 2020 which a lot of leagues were shortened uh I don't know Uh, if Argentina's was yeah. Uh, I, I don't know for sure but I I don't know that that's an apples to apples comparison either um yeah, TT coming in, like, the, it seems like DC United just keeps getting it connected with attackers on attackers. Uh, let, let's go ahead and uh, talk about another one. Venezuela U20, uh, Giovanni Bolivar is reportedly coming in from Deportivo uh, La Guaira, uh, in, who are the, the reigning champs of the Venezuelan top flight. He's a 19-year-old. Uh, he, he will be essentially joining his current teammate 18 year old um darluis paz yeah uh thank you uh who who just last month joined loudon united from the same club so a couple of teenagers from the reigning venezuelan champs coming north one of them to go to loudon for sure 
And then um, Bolivar reportedly to sign with the first team may go on loan to Loudon. Who knows? May stick around with the top fl- uh, or with, with DC United. Uh, I know very little about uh, teenagers in Venezuela as it turns out. So uh, just for me, it's another young attacking name that they're going out and bringing up. Yeah. I mean, the, the main thing that jumps out at me is that because of his height, his overall, he's just not a big guy. Um, I think when I looked at, I did the meters defeat conversion. He's more like five, eight um, than the five, nine I saw listed at one place. So um, probably not a true number nine for MLS, at least unless Losada is so uninterested in that, you know, those aerial battles, having a physical presence up there that um, we're going to get into some false nine territory. Um, I, I think maybe more second forward or maybe even someone that can play wide. Um, but that's a guess. It's all guesswork because you'd have to have been watching the Venezuelan league or their, their U twenties, which he's on the U 20 national team for them. Um, but you know, uh, I don't have a real problem if DC goes and scouts in Venezuela and says, you know, Hey, these guys are pretty good. Uh, loan is not a big commitment financial financially. It's not a big commitment in terms of the roster though we are going to butt up against international spots pretty yep. quickly like you add bolivar that's that takes up the last open one um and we're still talking about lucas rodriguez would take up one kimarney smith um who steve goff reported is very close to signing a deal he would take up one um so there there is that that will require some other moves whether that's you know guys getting green cards that we've talked at length about how that's kind of a black hole of information. Um, but that could be part of it. Uh, or they could have the annual deal with Portland or Vancouver to trade, uh, trade a spot back or trade a spot to, um, but yeah, it, you know, uh, Bolivar sounds like an interesting prospect. I, I think people should not think of him as more than that at this stage. Um, yeah, if someone asked Goff if the the team was planning on using Young Money, the under twenty two initiative, on him, and Goff's response was a shrug emoji. He didn't know, right? Um, which so is a, which we, is a sign that's probably less than likely. Um, I feel right. like the I mean, team would it, want people to know that they were spending that money, right? But who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I feel like I, I I both like big signings from. Uh, from South America, but I'm also glad when we don't have to rely on those big signings. Uh, it's it's not like it, it feels like this is similar to uh, similar enough to the like Rafael Gladiador signing, except we're not expecting him to be a day one starter who's right. supposed to carry the team the entire season. It's a right. flyer on being... a potentially good player, but if it doesn't work, but like it's not going to make or break the season. Right, Gladiador was like that they they set up a huge press conference for with a week's notice oh yeah like which is long notice yeah. for this team to to say we have a major announcement and it was gladiador didn't didn't pan out too well other than that one goal he had that was a really great goal but and then yeah. it was the one goal he had yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the thing with and i I've, i'm looking at just our the overall roster right now and the one thing i will throw in with bolivar is that I'm not sure necessarily how he ends up getting, or like at some point someone's going to be losing playing time here that is going to be not benefiting from sitting out because you've got Ola Camaro, Edison Flores, Jordi Reyna, Eric Sorga, um, Adrian Perez, Griffin Yao, um, Smith. Maybe they see Smith more as a wingback than as a forward um, with the just the sheer number of forwards on the team. Um, you've got a lot of guys that can, and now, you know, um, Rodriguez and Assad are taking up some of the possible attacking midfield spots. So that mm-hmm. maybe makes it easier to play Flores as a forward if you want. Um, well, the point of what I'm saying is just that there are a lot of players in the running there when we've talked a lot about having depth is good. Um, so that side of it is good, but like there is a, d- a decent chance in my mind that like Bolivar arrives and spends a lot of time with Loudon instead because it might be him or Griffin Yao kind of battling for one spot. Um, and we know what Yao can do. Um, and I think 
I'm interested to see what he can do under Lozada. Maybe if we're talking three four three, you're getting Yao into maybe his most natural position where he's not yep. not really a winger and he's not really having to play up the middle either. He's kind of in that half space area. Um, I'm interested in seeing that, but you know, it's good to have the competition and and for guys that age, at least there's now, you know, if you're not getting into the 18, you at least have somewhere you can go play. Um, and we could see a situation where maybe because that, that's something that's come up in the past where a young player is called on to be in the 18 because he is the next man up. You know, they're one injury or one card away from putting that player into a game, but then he doesn't get into the game. So he just, he's present, he's at the stadium, he's in uniform, but he doesn't actually play. Um, and so you could have a situation where maybe they're cycling back and forth. Maybe Yao is in the 18, two, three weeks in a row, and then Bolivar and him switch so that Bolivar is, uh, you know, getting getting some minute. Everyone's getting minutes is the point. Um, though that becomes a, with Bolivar, at least that becomes an international roster spot in the USL situation. Um, right. And also, so, at least for the first part of the year, there could be restrictions on those kind of loans because we're still yeah, going to have COVID protocols. That was, um, a, that was a problem last year is we couldn't send anybody yeah. to Loudoun and we couldn't call people up from Loudoun uh, other than, Which, you know, the odd training stint when they were done playing with Loudoun for the year. Uh, and I will, I will point to um, Ryan Kiefer's article. He spoke to Ryan Martin um, about the season's expectations and how last year effectively there was just a big, you know, a real bright uh, red line between the two teams because of the regulations. And he said, you know, last year they were set up where they thought they were going to be having players from the first team helping them out quite a bit. And that wasn't, they couldn't do it. It wasn't safe to do. Um, And that, you know, this year with things, it looks like things are going to be more promising in that department where the two teams can actually work in combination uh, with each other. Um, so maybe that's part of the plan is, you know, you've got two teenage forwards, they've got to, but they've both got to play some, um, but you don't want to say this guy's always going to be first team. And this guy's always going to be at Loudon, um, because then one person's getting all the minutes and the other person mm-hmm. isn't. So that's my speculation with Bolivar. Cause you know, we don't have a lot to work with. Otherwise I can't sit here and I, I could talk about the sizzle reel, but every sizzle reel looks pretty good. Yeah. We also don't know what the sub situation is. I think one of the reasons uh, Yao got into as many games as he did last year specifically is because there were two extra subs that could mm-hmm. be used because of the the churn of games. And this year is going to be similar. It's going to be a lot of games and not a whole lot of time necessarily. So I, I would like them to keep the five sub rule. I think there's a good argument to do it. I don't know if they're going to at this point or the expanded bench that came along with it because right. um, they were doing what, 20 or 23 man rosters? 20. 20 man, 20 man rosters and five subs. Um, so it, I think it makes a lot of sense to do that again this year. I just don't know if MLS is going to, uh, I haven't seen any indication one way or the other. Um, that is, I think they, tip- much- oh, go ahead. I think they typically use like the previous year's rules that IFAB, uh, uh, allows. So I, I would think they're still going to allow the five subs for this year, but yeah, like you said, we don't, know anything and it could change at right and this was a special rule so it's it's up to each league there there is a bit of inconsistency i've seen the japanese league just started and they it looked to me at least like everything i could see was that they were back to 18 man benches and three subs um Mm -hmm. but i don't know if that was ifab saying okay back to normal everybody or if the japanese league was like well we can move back to normal um and maybe there's going to be some leeway because you know the schedule is going to be a little compressed because of the lateness of the season start. Um, so just that alone is a good reason to have the extra subs. Um, plus you're probably, let's be, let's be real. Plus there the are tournaments probably, over the summer. Well, that, and, and there are, there's plenty of tournaments. There's also players that probably quietly contracted COVID during the off season who, you know, we don't know what the after effects will be there. They could be fine to play 30 minutes and have a hard time pushing past that. Um, so, yeah, I would prefer another year of the five sub situation, but it's kind of out of our control. Uh, but, you know, I, it would be nice, I think, for D.C. specifically with the number of young yeah, players. Yeah, on a selfish team. level with the young <laughs> players and also the new high, high octane style mm-hmm. that they're going to hey, be FIFA. running themselves. Hey, FIFA, cowards, make the three of us IFAB. We are the IFAB now. 
This uh, is take that. welcome to filibuster, the IFAB podcast. We are IFAB. No, England, Scotland, yeah. Wales, and and Ireland. Uh, you're out. We're in. Yeah. <laughs> um. Next up on our our rundown is uh, Nigel Roberta, who who Jason mentioned earlier. Schrodinger's Nigel, as I have written down in my notes here, uh, he remains in limbo. Um, Steve Goff reporting that the the deal to bring him in is all but off, and and Pablo Mauer contradicting that somewhat, saying that um, new DC United assistant coach Nicholas uh, Fritos was in Sofia to meet with Roberta's representatives and the player over the weekend and now it's just whether dc united wants to move forward or not i think these can both be true um they're not mm-hmm. necessarily in in conflict except for goff saying that the plan to send someone to bulgaria fell through it sounds like from pablo's reporting that somebody went on behalf of dcu a member of the staff um so who knows if this is going to happen as as jason said earlier with tt rodriguez with giovanni bolivar um, this seems like maybe it it's less likely as a result of those or the those are connected, but we'll see. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we just get more and more attackers until the roster is full. I mean, in my mind, I'm not, I, I'm not super, uh, jized by this potential signing. Um, I, I know, I know. Sorry, other can windows we, can are we cur- drill into that word a little bit? No, no, we can't. Um, we, we can't talk about jized. You're going to have to accept no. Jazz um, as part of your life, Adam. Yep. <laughs> um, I know other windows are currently closed, but I mean, they were previously open. And the fact that the uh, options on the table are Sweden or MLS, I- I'm not super encouraged by trying to outbid Sweden for a player uh, that, that that doesn't seem like like the kind of player that DC United should be targeting, especially for a million dollar uh, transfer fee or a million dollar. It's transfer fee, not salary, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like at 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 that salary point, I'd be wanting to get somebody either with a higher pedigree or from like who's got competition from a, a different level leagues or yeah. Uh, Something like, like that. I, that, that. That's not the that's not the set of circumstances that that makes me particularly excited. Yeah, for a million dollars, you either want someone who's breaking scoring records in their league at age seventeen, if it's a league like Bulgaria, or you know, if it's a twenty three year old from there. I, I don't know that I want someone who's only been tested in Bulgaria for for that price, um, right. and, and for a DP slot in particular, um, whatever yeah. the transfer price may be. I, you know, I, I will I will say in defense of the my, the mildest of defenses of the interest he's gotten from elsewhere, elsewhere there is a difference between Malmo and the other Swedish clubs. That's true. Um, I mean, sure. That is a team that goes to the Champions League um, on a pretty regular basis now. But on the other hand, I, I am kind of in line with Ben um, in that, you know, we talked about this as kind of I, – I still feel like it's an in-between signing. It's not really – one or the other. And I also think, you know, just right now thinking, you know, a million dollar transfer fee in South America, I would expect a better player than it appears that Roberta is. Now I could be wrong. He could be undervalued, but I don't know. It it just, it's a, it's one of those moves that just never on, on pure player profile. If you just look at the data that's out there that's that's available and where the Bulgarian league is compared to other leagues it's like well you know is it okay sure but if if the option is spend a million dollars on a forward and it has to be Roberta or just don't um then sure it's not my money I'll I'll spend a million dollars on a forward um but if it comes with an opportunity cost and it almost certainly does um then yeah, I would I would maybe consider holding holding back a little, um, not spending that money now, and you know maybe playing half the season out and seeing where things are, seeing if Ola Kamara can because you know we're kind of in a rebuild you know we're we're talking about a new coach, a new playing style we're talking about a roster that still has some holes, um, that it seems like it's going to enter the season with some some holes that are not clear to us until we actually get to see the team play which. 
who knows if there will be preseason games that we'll be able to watch. That's also a mystery. Um, yep. So it, it might be wiser to just wait on your seven-figure forward move until the summer window where there are more players available. Um, and in the meantime, you've still got – it's not like we're coming into the season with, like last year, two forwards. We're coming in, like we just talked about, with a bunch of forwards. So maybe play the thing out. See see if you need a forward right now. Or if you can say, hey, if we can only spend this $1 million once, let's spend it somewhere else. Let's let's put it towards a different part of the field. Um so yeah, you know, if it turns out that that they make the deal, if uh, you know, Frutos went out there and talked to his agents, and it, it all of a sudden it sounded good to them because before they were there, the report from Bulgaria from um, um, I can't remember his first name, uh, Shubinov. I can't remember his last name or his first name, um, off the top of my head. Uh, Murat Shubinov is the reporter, I believe. Um, you know. There was a report that he said that, you know, Roberto was maybe a little iffy about moving to the U.S. He maybe wanted to stay in Europe. Um, if Frutos went out there and did a great sales job and Roberto's all about it and he comes in, you know, I'm not against it. It's just I think it's not the maximum excitement level. It's not the max. It doesn't look like the greatest deal in the world. It looks like it's fine. Yeah. Um, and for a million dollars, you you prefer something better than it's fine in, sure. at this point exactly. in, in MLS. Um, one last note before we we throw it to break. Uh, the Brendan Hines-Ike deal appears all but officially done. Um, it's it been reported in Belgium that he's gone. Um, expect to see him in camp, I think, at Steve this Wolf point. Steve is already saying, like, effectively that it is settled. Um. I'll I'll go ahead and peel the curtain back. Like we're prepared as a website to have an article about it. Uh, I haven't as been soon told as me, as soon as word drops I, officially. I haven't been told. I don't have sources telling me it's done as well. But all the signs from the U.S. If we go and go back to the old, like is this transfer a, a rumor, a real rumor or not? This one's uh, pretty much the red the the alarm is is going off. Uh, you should be. Right expecting this very very soon so the light behind jason that says real is flashing yes uh adam is spoiling my home decor which is questionable (laughs) a a homemade light that i made to go off when dc united rumors are going on that only i will see but i mean it's good custom work though and he put a surprising amount, like the machine learning programming that you did to analyze all of these rumors and have it automatically detect whether they're real or not, and then light up the sign. That's a great bit of uh, uh, programming there, Jason. It's really cool, except the ominous red light uh, flashing at me throughout the night as well as during the day has started to make my mind uh, completely mush. Uh, I also question why there's a, a large cleaver that's dangling and swinging up from it. But, you know, you don't whatever know your machine, machine needs. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to leave you on that note. We'll be right back. Please stick around. This is Filibuster. Right. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster welcome back to filibuster the black and red united podcast with all these reported and 
rumored acquisitions from Brendan Heinzeich to Giovanni Bolivar to TT Rodriguez, even Rodney Wallace and Andy Nahar coming in on trial, apparently, uh, this preseason. A lot of fans are reasonably asking how Hernan Losada will fit this roster together. So, so last night, I put some questions up on Twitter with, with some polls to try to, you know, take take people's temperature on what they think is going to happen, which I think dovetails probably with what they want to happen. I think there's a little bit of both in there and that's fine. This is a totally unscientific poll. So um, let's Adam, get into what I, some of those I questions just, are. Oh, yeah, sure but can you. I first just can. disagree with your entire premise? Uh, because you did not put the five, three, two as an option. And without how many, what are you talking uh, about? I did put five three two as an option. I, I in fact, five three two is the people's preferred choice here. Because my first question five three two. No, no, no. Five, oh, five three two. Sorry, yes. five three two. Yeah, you're right. I didn't. From the nineteen twenties. Oh, you just also didn't put WM. Hold on. Wait, you hold on, hold on. Two, you mean two three five, Ben. I do. You mean you two mean three, three five. five. Adam you... <laughs> You didn't. We're all five, mixing three, up two. numbers. I no, not we, we all. You two are. I have not mixed them up. I got well, no, just me. <laughs> well, you also didn't put the two, the two, three, five. That's what it's I true. meant to say. You didn't true. put the WM. I, you didn't put like with all of these wingers. No, the WM we is should have five. <laughs> we, it's true. Uh, we should have five forwards because with all these attackers, that's how many we need. Yeah, and we only have. Uh, I, I don't know. Three three central midfielders is our our whole allotment of central it. midfielders at the moment. Right. So, but with we'll defenders, get into it. we'll be good because we've got cool. we've got a couple. We've got four center backs. We've got so a couple. We only need two at a time. There you go. It's true. Of course, those <laughs> were fullbacks back in the day, and but they. Yeah, anyway, that's just the words um, they use. Those are those are just words. It's true. It's true. And if anybody calls. Uh, a, a central defender, a center half, they are forbidden from listening to this show forevermore. So just so you know that if you do that, you, you're not allowed to listen. Uh, I don't know how we enforce yeah, that. For but many reasons. That's the rule. Because center halves are it. midfielders. Anyway, the first question I asked uh, was uh, what DC United's primary defensive setup will be. We know Hernan Losada has, in his short history as a head coach, has preferred a three-man back line. He said he has a slight preference for it, but he looks at his personnel and what he's got available and what he's trying to do, and he will play a, a four-back from time to time, and he has. Um, by uh, 60 to 30, or 60 to 40, thereabouts, uh, our, our, our poll said they think it will be a three-back system, and at this point, after the acquisition of Heinz Eich, uh the signing of Mike DeShields, I think I'm inclined to agree with that. I think we're likely to see a three back to start the year, which I yeah, like. That's what I want to see. Uh, it, that's, that's what it looks like the team is building towards, um, but still having that ability to um, play with four, whether that's out of a diamond or four, three, three or, or what have you. Um, but yeah, there's some flexibility there as long as there aren't some injuries. I mean, you still get into, um, with the fullback positions, you get into pretty quickly needing someone out of position uh, playing those roles. If you have any sort of injury to like Chris Odoya Chem, for example. Um, so that side of it kind of both points to having that backup plan of a back four available, but also it kind of forces their hand. They've added center backs. They have not added fullbacks. They've got wing backs, but right. a I lot think of one thing I just not, fullbacks one thing i just realized it's true one thing i just realized is the entire last segment we were talking about attackers on this team and not once did we mention julian gressel who's primarily played as a a wide midfielder but he's not he's not that kind of attacker but i think my assumption like i've internalized the the idea that he is going to play right wing back and he's going to start there for dc united in 2021 that's that's my operating assumption at this point for that Maybe. position. Did, did, wasn't he saying that he doesn't like wing back or defender at least isn't his preferred position? Right. I mean, he, he also said he wanted to move inside at one point and he, didn't necessarily he, work that well. When he arrived, he said that his his preferred position would be to play as a number eight. 
and that he knew it was going to take some work, but that he would like to get a shot at that, but also that ultimately his concern was winning games. And if the coach said you'll win games by playing out wide, then he would play out wide. Um, And I'm sure that's still the case. Um, But yeah, especially with Paul Ariola away on loan, uh, the right wing back role, as long as Gressel's healthy, I feel like that's a kind of a shoe in, but the point is, you know, sticking with the back three situation, the fact that they've added high or will have added Heinz like pretty soon and did sign Mike to shields. You've got some, some emergency depth where like we saw that Knauss can fill in, especially like right side of a back three, but we're in a situation we're in a situation where those guys don't have to play there. If one person gets hurt, right. Um, is a real strong point to moving to that way of playing. Also just the sheer number of forwards um, and attacking players kind of points. This is, we'll get into this later, but um, when you start taking the, you you just have to take out the numbers and be like, okay, if if there are going to be three of these guys here, um, you pretty quickly get into most of the formations that make sense with the players available end up being some kind of three, something, something. Yeah, so my my next question was, how many forwards do we think we're going to see? Are we going to see a two forward setup or something else? Because one forward and three forward, they kind of blend into each other a little bit. Uh, And and this one, very a a little bit closer, but uh, our listeners, or at least my my Twitter following, uh, such that it is, uh, fifty-five forty-five voted for a two forward setup. So three-five-two seems to be the the voted on. Set up, and that's that's the assumption of a lot of people. I lean another way. I lean slightly different. I I lean towards three four three for this this group. Um, I think with we have players who can play as a second forward, but who seem to be better suited um, playing underneath or wide or nominally as midfielders. And those two outside forwards in a three four three or three four two one, however you want to describe it fit that pretty well. I think Assad can do that. I think Ariola fits that really, really well if and when he comes back, especially with his when, really smart Adam, direct. When. All right. His his very smart and direct off the ball movement that I don't think anybody on the team replicates. It's it's a pretty unique skill set that he has. Flores works well there. TT Rodriguez can play there. Um and I think it it's easier to teach the press out of that system too. Uh, the transitions, I think, are a little easier between pressing and getting on the ball or getting back into shape or or whatever else. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward. I really hope we see a three four three, but a three five two would could potentially be a lot of fun too. I mean, for me at least, the I think we're maybe more likely to see not necessarily three five two, where you think of last season. Um, playing three central midfielders. I, I, the, the difference between like Yamil Assad playing as the 10, but being kind of in line with the rest of the midfielders or playing two and he's clearly a 10 ahead of them. Um, I think three, four, one, two is a definite possibility, as much of a possibility as the three, four, three that you're talking about. I'm just, and it's not going to be that huge of a difference because you're still going to end up with someone like Flores or Assad or Rodriguez as the one, and then someone like Flores or Reyna uh, as the second forward with Kamara or Sorga um, as the other striker. Uh, Or maybe, you know, Sorga showed some ability in the press last year, that ability to drop off underneath. Maybe he can also play some second forward minutes. Um, But yeah, whether that is a a flatter front three or if it's one underneath two, I think we're going to be referring to a front three where it might just mean these three players are the three attacking, the most attacking players. Right, it's going, Whether, it, it's it possible. Might change from game to game. Um, you know, if, if a team plays with two holding midfielders, maybe that's one where you're, you're going to shift into having three forwards um, rather than having a 10, you're trying to connect with who's surrounded by two defensive midfielders on the, all the time. Um, so that's going to be an interesting thing to see play out. I, I don't think we're going to see as much actual three-five-two, where you've got a holding midfielder playing a little underneath the other two central midfielders, and no one's closer to the forwards. Um, 
in part because the numbers just aren't there. Um, Flores and Reyna don't really belong in that setup. They In that setup, they would be up front. They wouldn't be part of the midfield. They'd be part of the front line. Um, and as we've talked about a couple of times now, there just aren't that many central midfielders on the team. There there are 10s. There are not a lot of 6s and 8s. Um, and if you want to play 3-5-2, you need more 6s and more 8s. So I think the roster is set up to play 3-4-1-2 or 3-4-3 or 3-4-2-1 more so than 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 or 2-3-5. Long live the 2-3-5. Uh, that actually got into one of the questions. Uh, we have a, a very clear position battle at central midfield because we have three natural central midfielders. We have other guys who can play there. Uh, Yamil Assad, we know, played there, and I'm, I was a big fan of his at the number eight. But assuming two of the three natural players are there, who do you expect to, to be preferred there was, was another question that I, that I asked. Um, we have Russell Knauss, Junior Moreno, and Moses Nyman to choose from. And th- there was one player who, who was on 90% of the votes of those three, and, and that was predictably, I think, Russell Knauss, um, who, who has done very well if, there, and we don't want you to don't see him right to the back, defense. You can't play. If you if you don't have a right back, you can't put Russell Knauss as a right back. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, thinking guy meme there. Um, the the most popular combination in the poll was Moreno and Knauss, followed by Knauss and Nyman. Um, and I would, I, I think Junior Moreno had a pretty disappointing twenty twenty, and yes. and Moses Nyman is young and exciting and and very good. And as you've discussed, Jason, we want to see more of him. Uh, over the course of of this coming year. I don't expect him to be the preferred starter right away, but it's not outside of the realm of possibility if Moreno doesn't bring it in preseason. Yeah, definitely. Um, And, you know, I I think, you know, looking at the poll itself, I I was a little surprised that it was so heavily in favor of the Moreno-Canouts pick because, like you said, Adam, there's a little bit of people saying what they want and not necessarily what they think will happen. Um, and so I was a little surprised that we're, that we weren't, there weren't more Nyaman votes just because he is young and exciting. And after a year of very little excitement, um, it was one of the few things that people got excited about was all the youngsters playing well when they got their chance. Um, I do think he's going to be getting his, his shot at minutes. If he's, if he's playing well in training, I think Losada is going to have no problem putting him out there, but at this point in time, especially playing, these other formations where whether it's three, four, three or three, four, one, two, you're not getting a lot of central midfield cover from your front line. So if you're having to defend, you're asking an awful lot out of those holding players. So um, I think they've got the edge at this point, Canals and Moreno as a pair Canals, obviously like the team we've got now several years of, of track record where we can say Russell Canals plays central midfield things tend to go a lot better than when he isn't playing central midfield, whether it's because he's not available or he is needed elsewhere. Just there's no one on the team that has that skill set, like Paul Ariola further forward. There's no one has that. In fact, Ariola might be the closest player in the Canals role to that (laughs) skill set of having that speed and that physicality and that willingness to not necessarily get stuck in, in an old school way, but just, to constantly be able to get to the other player and apply pressure, close their space down. Um, he That speed that he has, that quickness over 5, 10 yards, it makes a huge difference, and it ends up kind of amplifying everything the team is trying to do around him. So anything they're going to do, he's got to be in the middle, especially if they want to be a more front foot team. It's even more important. Yeah. Right. And, I, I, and we don't know yet what – Hernan Losada's uh, preferences are going to be towards uh, just trusting the young players and running them out there. Uh, we don't know if he wants to battle test them and just like get them out there and get them experience. Uh, if he thinks that they'll develop quicker and it'll be a better uh, uh, long-term result for the team. We don't yet know what his philosophy on that is. We're going to have to wait and see uh Hopefully we can glean some information from preseason games, but maybe we won't know until April when uh, they start playing real MLS games. Yeah. Uh, 
next question. I had something I was trying to say there and I completely lost it. So I'm just going to move on. Uh, the next question was, which of the four teenage homegrowns do we expect to see, you know, get a spot early and often? And this one was, a, I think, the, the biggest uh, blowout of of all the polls. Kevin Paredes with more than 70% of the vote got this one. And, and people who who commented on it uh, said that they wanted, they expect to see him at wing back. Uh, left wing back in in a three three back system and i think that's right um i think and then uh nyman came in second followed by yao and then green who just signed this offseason um so makes sense that he's probably the least likely to get a starting spot before the others at this point and and that's fine um i would like to see all of them at some point especially the I think we've seen good things from the the three we've seen so far, uh, but Paredes the most likely to to get there. Um, we talked about Canaus in the past moving to defense. I asked a question: Who's most likely to be assigned a new role this year? Um, the choices I gave were Canaus to defense, which eighteen people voted for, and I want to say you eighteen percent are wrong. Don't vote for this. Don't even, I shouldn't have even put it in the poll. I don't want to speak it to existence. Canals needs to be in the center of the park. Uh, Yamil Assad to the number eight, Joseph Moore to center back or, or other. And not, some people voted other, but didn't comment. So I have no idea what they were voting for there. One person said Mora to, to wing back, which is close enough to fullback that I, I don't consider that a major yeah. position shift. Yeah, that's not a, yeah. Um, that person's probably right. Like Mora probably is going to play a lot of wing back. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she's absolutely right. But, yeah. Uh, and I, spe- I specifically said, I wasn't counting wingers to wing back. I should have said wingers or fullbacks to wing back. Um, I think I would two say, of these are, are likely wing, winger to wing back is a bigger change than Mora moving from left back to wing back because. Oh, I think it depends on how the system is. I think with in, in Ben Olsen's version of three, five, two, I think that's right. Um, and maybe on the in the defensive phase, that's that's right. But I think in the attacking phase, um, and in transition, it's it, defensive transitions. I think it's going to be uh, a very different position, wing back to to fullback, uh, the way we're used to seeing it. Just because it's going to be higher up the field, you're going to have more attacking responsibility, and potentially come inside. From what I've seen of some of Losada's teams, so it it could be really interesting. Which is why I like Paredes there, honestly. Um, because it is going to be such an attacking and such a, you know, workhorse kind of position. Um, but of these potential shifts, uh, I, I, the two that I think are, are most likely and, and also most desirable are Assad to the number eight and Joseph Mora to center back, left center back and a three back specifically. Uh, I mean, for me, the, the Assad situation is... I think it's most likely right now just from the fact that there aren't, as we've talked about now a bunch, there just aren't that many central midfielders on the team. And now if you add, if you think of Flores and Reyna as possible tens, and then you start to think about Lucas Rodriguez, where is he going to play? Probably uh, further forward. Uh, Losada told us specifically, or no, I'm sorry, I'm confusing interviews, I think. Um, He told, was it on our show or on RFK Refugees, where he said that Assad was going to play uh, he wanted Assad further forward. Um, I'm confusing my interviews now at this point, but in either case, he said that he <laughs> I don't felt- think that was our show. Okay. So uh, he told RFK refugees that he felt like Assad should be, he would prefer him to be closer to goal than playing that central midfield role. Um, but the way the roster is comprised, you kind of, you know, unless you add another central midfielder of some kind, that number eight role is going to become a thing that someone needs to fill. It could be Paredes um, since he can play yeah, so many that's different true. positions. But, um, yeah, I think of this list, that's the one that feels most likely just based on where the depth is and where it isn't. Um, but I do think the prospect of DC being behind, and we know that Losada is not going to just sort of let the game drift to the 75th minute without doing something about the scoreline he's just gonna you know not he's not just gonna be the guys like attack a little more he's going to say we're going to change the following things um so that we can attack more with more numbers in these spots it's going to be more specific i think um so we could see a situation where uh 
maybe Rodriguez, for example, Ben mentioned the fact that he could be as a, as a wingback. Maybe you see him as a wingback and Mora gets moved back and a center back, a natural center back gets pulled in the exchange um, just to get more attacking players on the field because this is going to be a team that rolls the dice and takes that risk. It isn't just saying, you know, we'll keep it close. And if we get one, we get one. This is a team that's like, if we lose, if we're losing two, one and we lose three, one or four, one screw it. We lost, we lost. It's the, it's all the same. Um, so yeah, I, I think we will see more, shifted back there. Um, but I don't think he's going to start at center back unless there's an emergency The the acquisitions have made it so that that's a, a thing that we don't have to do. Cause I think yeah. he looked less comfortable in that role than canals did at right center back. Um, you know, I, I don't blame Mora for that situation because it was kind of like, okay, after one day of training, you're going to have to play there because that's no one's, no one else is available. Good luck. Um, but yeah, I, I think he would be better suited to be in his original spot and maybe as an emergency measure um, played there. But I think we'll see it. We are going to see it, I think, at some point. Yeah, I think there are aspects to his game that I really like as a left center back in a front foot three back system. Uh, we know Losada is going to build through those outside center backs and he's used to having the ball in those wide spaces. He's more hesitant in the attacking third than I want him to be. He He's, I think, less likely to combine than a Paredes or, or some other players who can play wing back. Um, but but I know he's also pretty secure with the ball during the buildup. So I like it there. His superpower is those last ditch slide tackles, which are probably going to be something that these center backs have to do. Sure. Um, and he's, he's not a slow guy. He can, he can run, keep up with people, um, which again, he's probably going to have to do, or that, that center back, that outside center back is going to have to do. So I think he maps well to that. If, if it works out in training, he's not the biggest guy. Um, he's not going to, you know, win a lot of aerial battles in the box, but that's not the kind of defense we're setting up either. So there are a lot of things I think that work well at least in theory and i i wouldn't mind seeing it tested out but who knows we don't know what losada is thinking we're all speculating at this point um all the way across so last question which the answer may have changed uh today with the the lucas rodriguez news um which part of the field is most in need of a starter level upgrade defense at midfield or attack. And by midfield, I really just mean central midfield there, not the wingbacks or attacking midfield, specifically that that center of the park, engine room, whatever you want to call it. Uh, attack in, in the poll on Twitter, one going away, 63%, almost two-thirds voted for that, with 23% voting defense and 14% voting midfield. And uh, just based on the numbers we've been talking about, I am very much in that 14% that voted midfield. Um, yeah. I'm either, I'm either on midfield or defense. Uh, even with the Heinz Ike assigning, I, I could still be easily convinced to get another starting level center back uh, into the team. That wouldn't bother me at all. Uh, I don't think it'll happen at this point, but uh but yeah, also central midfield, if one like if one player goes down, they're in a world of hurt, or at least in a world of unknowns. And we're back in the situation we were last year where we know what the starting central midfield pairing will be because there are two guys who are healthy. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so and and like we like we've got we've got competition now across the attack we've got a, some competition on the back line but we don't have that competition to push uh russ and to push moreno i mean maybe it'll be nyman maybe he'll just uh just kick it out of the park and, and just shove one of them aside but again if he gets hurt then we're back down to two people so definitely another signing there is is important yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a little puzzled by where to go with it because I could, I think you can make a reasonable argument for every single one. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier. The moves that DC is making to bolster the attack 
Um, it seems like it's less of a let's get a star player who's going to carry the group and more of a let's assemble a very deep group of potential starter caliber players. Um, and so you have a situation where like a Jordi Reyna or Lucas Rodriguez or um, Eric Sorga, uh, those guys might not be getting many minutes or Yamil Assad if he's not in form. Um, the good news is that all of these players are going to be battling every single training session because there's so much competition at roughly that same talent level. Um, Ola Kamara, if he's not able to produce at a higher level than he did last year, if he can't find how to fit into this system better, um, then someone else is going to start over him because there's so much attacking depth. But at the same time, there isn't that player where you're like, this is obviously a guy that's going to put in 15 to 20 goals or lead the league in assists. We can't be sure. Um, you know, we've got a lot of variants there where, you know, Julian Gressel led the league in assists playing as a wing back in Atlanta, um, in a high octane system. Maybe he gets there, but also we're coming off the season where he had two assists or maybe three. Hey Jason, um, I, I've got, yeah. I've got a great idea. What if we just signed like 2011, uh, Dwayne DiRosario to this team and just put him on the field? But also tell him that he has been traded by our opponent every single time. Like yes. we need yes, exactly. we, we need to opponent, manipulate time to do that. Yes. yes. Every opponent has traded him at some point. Right. Um well in that case then we're gonna win we're talking about an MLS Cup team because he's gonna be putting a hat trick on everybody. There's um, nobody he he's the one S tier player in MLS yes. history. He can't be stopped. Um <laughs> he def- he defines the meta. But only against teams he he was traded from. But but you know the midfield is definitely he was never traded from RSL and he destroyed RSL. That's true. But he did just sort of take it out on them. Um, But yeah, like the, the midfield doesn't necessarily need a starting caliber upgrade to be specific about the question, Um, but it does need more players. And we are, you know, Adam, you brought this up. Junior Moreno did not play up to the standard last year. He was not, what you would expect out of junior Moreno. Um, and with Felipe injured, we, you know, we don't know when he's going to come back. So that's another question mark. He also, I bet. Or he at would what tell level. You, right. And he would probably tell you that last year he didn't, I don't think he was particularly happy with how he himself performed. Um, that's, I mean, I bet he's also the kind of guy that is like constantly like I could have been better. Um, that's just right. the Felipe mind. That's also probably why he's going to come back faster from the ACL tear than is reasonable. Him and Ariola both are going to, seem to be inclined to do that just because they're they're wired that way um but yeah Yeah, felipe i think is working with the ball at this point so yeah yeah he's on Um, the field in cleats (laughs) so you know you could argue that they do need an upgrade over moreno um to to play that role just at a higher level to play to have a best 11 uh number six uh would not i'm not against that i think that's a pretty cool thing um and you can say it again in defense where um you know, Donovan Pines didn't quite make as, as much progress as I think we had hoped in 2020. Steve Birnbaum, yeah. while he was available, didn't perform at his normal standard and then got hurt. Uh, so we don't know how, you know, maybe the lost time in preseason for him, even though there was a, I think Pines posted a video of Birnbaum without a brace or anything, juggling a ball and showing off basically because it's kind of a reminder that even your like big center back who's good at defending the box and not necessarily creating much is still way better with the ball at his feet and can do way more tricks than anyone that you know from your personal life. Um, but if Birnbaum is at 2020 level, if he can't find that 2019, you know, the, quite frankly, where he and Briant and Hamid kind of had to carry the team. Uh, to a certain extent, because the team wasn't scoring goals. Um, If they can't replicate that form, um, if hindsight comes in and is fine, but isn't anything upgrading that, then you could argue that the team might need to upgrade there if if Briant uh, isn't better than he was last year as well. We've got a lot of guys that all over the field um, were not very good last year to an extent that you have to question, what are they going to do this year? Was it just they need a new coach? Was it just a bad year for whatever reason? Last year, of course, is the maybe the easiest year in my, my memory, at least, that 
you can excuse a player having a bad year last year because the world yeah. was going to hell all the time. Um, it's very easy to have a bad year in those circumstances. So there are a lot of question marks. I think the floor for the team isn't very low. Um, I, I think there's just, there's a lot of solid talent all over. So the team should not be bad. That's one of the reasons why last year was so irritating because the team shouldn't have been that bad. Um, but I do wonder what it, where, where the ceiling is. Um, you know, the floor, I'm not worried about the ceiling. I do wonder because this feels like a team where the team has to be the star. Um, yeah, this right. is a team where the starting lineup has to work as a, a wonderful machine rather than it being like, well, the team is pretty good. And this one guy is going to win the golden ball. Um, that I don't think we're going you're to join the Rosarios or your Wayne Rooney's. Right. Uh, unless Ben's uh, work on his ground, his groundbreaking work on a time machine and memory wipe device, uh, a men in black style, uh, memory device um, can combine to create a 2011 Dwayne D Rosario revenge tour on everyone for an entire season. Um, and that would be cool. Uh, I think DC should sign that player. If Ben finishes his uh, very <laughs> I, intriguing I'm, scientific work, but I'm, I'm, go, I'm going back to the, uh, to the, I'm going to go back to uh, my uh, flux capacitors and my uh, power crystals and I'll, I'll get working right on that. Man, I really feel like I'm weeks. slacking here. Jason's got his machine learning slash murder machine there that tells him about transfer rumors. Ben is inventing time travel and, you know, I don't, I'm just here hosting a podcast. <laughs> we all have valuable work to do. <laughs> anyway. I think it's time to end it on that. I mean, my life, <laughs> not the podcast. You guys can keep talking, but no. Uh, thank you all for listening. dark. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for listening to this week's show. We'll be back. Use my time week. travel uh, to go back and edit that out. <laughs> I don't think you need time travel for that. I think there's just software. All right. Well, philosophically, is that time travel already? That Ben can just eliminate that moment from uh, I could. Most- most of existence maybe people will never know but we so experienced now, it you would so also have that... to eliminate me talking about it like the, it, it would it spirals out very quickly as all time the butterfly I mean, effect really yeah really is, is this the butterfly effect uh i just watched uh is this the, the butterfly week. meme i rewatched Did you watch the, the butterfly effect no i watched a much better movie called coherence uh which i highly recommend <laughs> people um it is a movie about uh a uh, a comet passes over uh, a house party and things get very weird very quickly. Um, I, I recommend it. It's kind of an improv uh, movie, small budget, but uh, really cool. Uh, anyway, this is the kind of thing that could come up in that movie uh, where you wonder, did that happen? Is this real uh, or is it not real? I can't tell. Or maybe it is and isn't real. What is real is that you can find us at blackandredunited.com and you can support us financially at patreon.com slash filibuster. If you are so inclined, find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu for the podcast at blackandredu for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Download, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm told those are very helpful. I also like it when you tell a friend about the show. So when you are getting excited for dc united season with your buddy just tell them about the podcast that's a really nice thing you can do for us for jason and ben i'm adam we'll talk to you again real soon say goodbye jason potato chip thief